0: Take me to that secret place I want to go, I want to Oliver, at the secret place Along with my lovely bride and co-host My spouse, Dr. Noemi Good evening, ever joining us We are so glad you're a part of this moment with us You know, we're in the month of February And... I haven't really mentioned anything about our fabulous Black History Month, and uh, to my shame, but I want to just take a moment and say that there was a gentleman whose name was Thomas Dorsey who happened to be an African American who wrote some of the most awesome gospel music Back in the day, he literally took gospel from the uh, hymnology that we knew from like just high church to almost a bluesy uh, down-home gospel and uh, really ushered in the era of gospel music through this man. God used him to change. A generation to change music and to change how we approach it. And I've just been thinking about one of his songs all day and I just wanted to sing a little bit of it. When my way groweth dear Precious Lord linger near When my life is almost gone, hear my cry, hear my call, hold my hand, lest I fall. Take my hand Precious Lord Lead Lead me on Precious Lord Take my hand Precious Lord, take my hand and lead me home. How many of you want Jesus just to take your hand and lead you home? Man, I tell you, there's just nothing like some of those old gospel hymns. And I thank God for the men and women who, who came into this country from other places like Africa and brought us into a whole new understanding of how to worship God. Just think about it. We wouldn't even worship God the way that some of us do today if it had not been for the influence of the African-American church. So I am so thankful. I am forever indebted. And I appreciate everything that the African culture has brought into America. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I've got some ideas about today that I wanna share. And uh, we've been talking about in our services here at the church, we've been talking about spiritual warfare. And uh, we also have been reading through the New Testament. So I hope that many of you are able to join with us on that. We're actually right now around Luke 13, 14, and 15. And uh, if you remember those chapters, uh, Luke 15 is actually the prodigal son story. And uh, there's so many different things that happen, so many parables jesus teaches in the gospel of luke that are so profound and so powerful and i pray that you're reading with us and it just doesn't take that long takes like maybe 15 20 minutes a day and uh many of you can do it even in your commute even if you're just listening on your app while you're driving in your car just you know plug it into your apple play or whatever it is that you've got and uh just turn it on and at least listen to the word. It doesn't take that long and maybe 20 minutes. And uh, surely you can get that done in the commutes around here in Fort Worth. You know, in Fort Worth, uh, everything is 45 minutes away. Yeah. You know, it's like you can't you can't go to the grocery store unless you drive 45 minutes. But it's just the way... Uh, that the wording is is placed and and put together for us to do it in 90 days, that it takes about that 20-minute time frame. So I pray that you can do that with us. But I want to jump into what we were into Sunday a little bit, and I want to talk a little bit more about the spiritual warfare because there was something that we tapped into Sunday when we started talking about the book of Ephesians. And the book of Ephesians is just so overwhelmingly, powerful and important and the first three chapters uh, paul is talking about the gospel and how it worked uh, with the jews first of all and then the gentiles how it pulled us all together and how christ through his own body on the cross made one new humanity out of jews and gentiles pulling us together in him And it's just very powerful that we understand that unity. And then he goes into the four, five, and six, uh, which he connects those two sections with the word, therefore, which means that everything I'm about to say in chapter four, five, and six is contingent upon what I've already told you over here in one, two, three. So now he's going to talk to us a little bit about not only uh, our unity a little more, and how that unity works, but how we all live to work that out. And so there was something that he just tapped into in chapter four that's very powerful. He said, therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you that you walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. It's so important that we understand that he's saying, I need you to walk in a manner worthy worthy of the calling what have you been called to then act like you've been called to that and uh what have you been brought into into the kingdom then act like you've been called into that you're a king's child now act like a king's child you know you belong to jesus christ the king of kings the lord of lords it's so much like what we try to teach our kids in love
1: right it's just about owning who you are and understanding who you Mm -hmm. are knowing that you're loved Um, just like you mentioned in the example of remember who you are, what your father told you is always living in that presence of you are part of this family and you represent the family. So we represent the King of Kings and his kingdom. Absolutely.
0: Mm -hmm. I know my dad, he would always tell us that, you know, y'all don't get out there and forget who you are. And like I said that to the church Sunday, don't go outside these walls and forget who you are, you know, because what's so important about that is that my dad You know, it's like I'm an Oliver, and so when you get out here, you walk in a way that represents me and your mother and how we raised you. And uh, so that's kind of what Paul is telling us here. He's saying, you know, you've been saved by the blood of Jesus. You've been washed in his blood. You've been brought in. You've been grafted into the body of Christ. You've been made one with the Jews and the Gentiles, now put together in Christ's body. He made us both one. We're no longer divided by the law. The law has been Torn down because Christ fulfilled the law. He didn't do away with the law, but he fulfilled the law. And he said, Now, if you cry help and you ask me if you're Jew or Gentile, you won't have to fulfill the law, but you can live in the righteousness that I walk in because I already fulfilled that law. So he's, Paul's telling us, he says, Walk in a manner worthy of the calling wherewith you've been called with all humility and gentleness with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. I just think all of these adjectives that he uses here are so powerful and that we should see more of this in the church. Um, I was listening to somebody uh, today. I, I can't remember her name. She was popular on, I think, Fox Network or somewhere. But she wrote a book. And it's how to be an angel. And she was talking about how to be kind to one another. And how to be generous to one another. Well, I'm not trying to be an angel. I'm trying to be the best human I can be. Right. And I'm not knocking her book by any means. But I'm not I'm not trying to be an angel. I just want to be the best best human I can be. Because I think that's a higher call. Is for me to be who I was made to be. Right. Not trying to <laughs> be something else. Yeah. And not try to or attempt to be something else. Yeah. But I understand her point too. And I understand what she was saying. And it's... But that's what Paul is talking about right here. He's saying, with all humility, with gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Just stay at peace with one another so that you bond yourselves together in the spirit of unity. That, uh, you know, peace literally... Peace is is not not the idea of necessarily uh, not fighting. It's the idea of agreement,
1: agreement, understanding, um, and I think coming it's a, together. Right. It's it's in this with when when the letter was written. You know, it goes to show that it wasn't even just what we're going walking through. It's just particular to us, but it's something that was happening back then also. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a war that we, that exists.
0: And so he's given us guidance on how to overcome. Absolutely. So let me read it to you in in the New Living Translation, because I think this is beautiful. He said, therefore, I, the prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Boy, it's so important that if the church could just learn that, just be humble, be gentle, be patient with each other. And that... that That makes so much sense uh, when it comes to the, the idea that we're all at different places in our walk with God. Everybody's in a different place. Everybody's in a different place about how they even do life. We didn't all come from the same background. We didn't all come from the same culture. We didn't all come from the same ideas or ideals in our life. We didn't come from the same mama and daddy. And even in the same family, sometimes you can look at the same mother and daddy and look at the kids and understand what Paul's really saying here, be patient with one another because not everybody's going to get it like you. Not everybody's going to walk like you. Not everybody's going to act like you.
1: Right. You have it's the it's kids, important. Yeah, That you can have two two kids. You know, like I see how even with my two boys, they're so different. Yeah. Yet yeah, it is the same household. Right. It's the same thing. You know, we're all made different. We have different And their predominant
0: influence was you. Yeah. But so it's how they perceive think, that.
1: Right. And you would think that they would be the same. We're all individually made, yeah. and so there, therefore, that's why we need to seek for understanding.
0: Yeah, it's the the paradigm through how we see the world, and not only that, life has this way of shaping us, and we have so many facets on us. Right. And everybody's a diamond, but everybody refracts the light differently.
1: differently. Yeah, and we talk about that in the marriage yeah. ministries. Uh, in the marriage ministry, when we talk to the couples, it's just mm-hmm. understanding because we come, even though we were raised in the same neighborhood, we were from the same town. I mean, it, right. even we still have different ways of upbringing that we have a different viewpoint. We call yeah. it blind spots and things yeah. that we see it a certain way. Another person's going to see it completely different. Yep. Um, and yet, it's just it's not that they don't speak a different language. Right. It's, it's the fact that we have different upbrings
0: so paul paul talks about this he says be patient with each other making allowance for each other's faults because of your love learn how to love people in spite of their faults and then because you got faults too that's that's the first thing we have to realize is that i have faults you know and i have to own my faults and i have to know that i have faults in order to have mercy for somebody else, you know. You think about so many things that we read in the Bible that we just read over them. But you look at you look at uh, Moses and Aaron, and you look at the idea that Aaron's down in the the at the bottom of the mountain making a golden calf and taking the people back into Egyptian worship, while Moses is in the mountaintop getting instructions on how to make Aaron's robe for the high priest. And you think God didn't know He was down the mountain leading the people back into Egyptian worship? Yeah, He knew He was doing that, but I don't think that Aaron would be able to have mercy for people who want to fall back to old places if he had not gone through that in himself. himself.
1: Yeah, sometimes experience does teach us more of understanding because we walk through something. Brings similar. us to into mercy. It really does. Um, you know, and yeah. of course, you know, God knew He knows it all. And at the same time while Aaron, you know, Aaron's doing this with the Egyptians, here's Moses pleading and pleading for for them to be saved because God right. you know, after God just showed big by right. parting the sea and they walking, literally walking through like an extraordinary event that you wouldn't even when we look think You
0: think they'd never possibly, complain.
1: You would think we're so <laughs> thankful. But yet how many times do we fall into the same situation? We do the same stuff. We think, oh, if we were living in back in those days, if I would have seen the C oh, garden, I would have been I would have been obedient. Yes. I would have done everything that he asked me to do, and yet here we are. And
0: guess what? We it got more different. than they had.
1: We do, hmm And, yes, and
0: yet, and yet we still mess so up.
1: Because it's a daily, daily it is uh, struggle, and so we just get to. really understand? It's a daily how we walk. Absolutely.
0: So he says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body, one spirit, just as you've been called into one glorious hope for the future. There is one faith, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. However, he has given each one of us a special gift. So what Paul is letting us know is that unity is not uniformity. It's not uniformity. Uniformity. We're not all just alike. So nobody's gonna do it just like you. In fact, it would really be bad if everybody did it just alike. You know, I just was making comment to Pastor Stephen as he was playing a while ago, and I said, Man, you sit down and you just play stuff that comes so natural to you, and I just have to hunt to find one of those chords and you play forty-five of them in thirty seconds, and it just comes so natural to him. Because but wouldn't it be horrible if we both played and he had to play just like me, right. you know. It, that that would not be cool because then you wouldn't have. And and here's the thing that I want people to really understand: you cannot have diversity or, or unity in uniformity. Unity can only be shown when there is diversity. Right. And so you have to have diversity to manifest the spirit of unity. So we're all going to do it differently. We're all going to say things differently. But here's what I really want to get to. Because he said he's given each of us a special gift. And then he goes on to this piece about where he says, uh, let me go back over to my New American Standard Bible, because I think it says it just a little bit better right here. Uh, He said he ascended... And he also descended, he who ascended far above the heavens so that he might feel all things, he gave some as apostles, some as prophets and evangelists, some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the service, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we at all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. That doesn't mean we have to see everything just alike, but we do have to see Jesus as the Son of God. And we do have to know that he is Lord of all. And that way we can grow up into a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. And as a result, we're no longer children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine and by the tricker of men, by the craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth and love, we are to grow up in him to all aspects from whom the whole body, this is my point, this is where I wanted to go. Verse 16, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies. Here's something that I just want—I just want to just park on this for just a minute, and uh, I want you to understand something. So my wife and I go to the gym and we work out uh, a little bit, and we try to you know go in as often as we can. We try to go three or four times a week, uh, maybe four or five times a week sometimes depending on our schedule. But we try to get up early and go in there. And what what you will find out real quick is when you tear something or hurt something in the joint, (laughs) come on, y'all, in the joint, in the joint, it will mess up your ability to function in every other area because it is the joint that supplies what the body has need. That's so good. (laughs) It is the joint that supplies the mobility of my hand to move, to pick up the weight, to swing it. If all this was stiff in here and all this wouldn't move and all this couldn't function, I couldn't hardly pick up a cup. I couldn't pick up my my coffee cup. You know, It would be everything. I couldn't put my shirt on. If I couldn't bend my arm, if my shoulder was frozen. We were talking to a doctor. He was talking to us about frozen shoulder syndrome and stuff like that, how people can get so messed up in their joints that they freeze up in them. And I want to tell you, all when Paul talks about this, he goes through this whole chapter. You read you read this whole book. When he gets to the end of it, and he's putting on the, the armor. That whole armor that he's telling us to put on is so that we can protect our unity because this whole book is about being in unity Unity. and so we need to protect our unity so we put on the helmet salvation we put on the breastplate of righteousness we put on we take up the sword of spirit put on the uh shoes for the gospel of peace or the gird about our loins with truth all these things we put everything on why because we are trying to protect the unity of the faith we're protecting the unity that is in the body so that we can all keep our mobility and we can function but here's what happens with us so many times. I remember several years ago, I have a daughter who is grown. And uh, Brittany, when she was a little girl, asked me to get her a bicycle. So back then, we didn't have Walmart, we had Kmart. <laughs> but we went to Kmart and we found a little bicycle that was just about the color of the back of your computer there with a white basket, white wheels, and little white seat, and white handle grips. Super cute. (laughs) And it was sitting up on the top. It was super cute. And it looked just like her. And so she said that's the one she wanted. So i go tell the guy I want that bike. And he said, okay, if you'll just go to the front, we'll bring it up to you. So I'm thinking he wants us to get out of the way because he got to bring a forklift or ladder or something over and pick it up. Well, I go up to the front, a few minutes, here comes this dude with a box. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, I, I want that one that was in. And he said, no, those are just display. He said, but this is the bicycle in this box. And I'm like, oh, man. Because I knew when I got home and I looked on the box, <laughs> watch this. In the box, there's a picture on the front of it, and it's that little bike that's sitting up on the shelf. So I know that I've got the bicycle in a box, but I know when I get home, I'm going to open it up and there's going to be this little piece of paper that falls out that says some assembly required. I'll tell you something. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together in Hebrews as the manner of some is. Now, let me tell you, I had the bicycle in the box, but just because it was in the box didn't mean the bicycle was assembled. <laughs> you good. can be in the church, but just because you're in the building, it doesn't mean you're assembled. That's good. <laughs> you assemble when you connect to your purpose. I'm going to say that again because somebody really needs to hear that. You assemble when you connect to your purpose. So if you're a singer, why would you be sitting in the pew when you can sing like a songbird and the choir has space for songbirds (laughs) to come and join? Why would you have knowledge, technical knowledge of how to run lights and TV cameras and things like this? and sit in the pew and not go to the media department and say, how can I get involved? How would you sit in the pew if you have the ability to connect with young people and children and teach them? And you love doing that. And you watch every Sunday as the leadership over our ministries of children's department struggle to find people to help them How could you sit in the pew and do that and not connect to your purpose? Guess what? The whole body is not being fitted together and the joints aren't supplying. So guess what? We're a dysfunctional body when we're in that shape. What I found out is this bicycle had two spaces receiving portions on the bicycle where I could put the handlebars and I could put the seat. They were the same exact size. And the pipe that came out of the handlebar and the pipe that came out of the bottom of the seat were the same exact size. But if I put them in the wrong space, My bike is still dysfunctional.
1: That's
0: good. (laughs) See, some of us we want to connect, but we want to connect where we want to connect, not where God designed us. When the Bible says that He placed us in the body where it pleased Him, him. not us, but Him. It pleases Him. It is. Yes.
1: What He has destined for us.
0: So, here's what I'm saying to us: find where you connect. Find where you supply get connected up, I mean, just bring the oil to that joint and make that thing flow because God is about to do something in the earth and we need everybody in position, in place so that when God breaks forth in this place, I'm sure many of you have been hearing of the Asbury Revival and different things that are going on around our our nation in some of the colleges. And I don't have but just a few seconds left. I just want to tell you, if God is going to break out in us, we need to be ready and we need to be prepared as the body to do what God has got for us to do. So are you willing to step up, jump in, align yourself, connect where you can supply everything that the body has need of because it is the joining or the joint that supplies. We love you today. We bless you. We thank God for you. And I want to tell you, I can't wait to see what God does with you and with us in the future. Amen. amen. With the body of Christ, amen. Amen. <laughs> we love you. God bless you. We'll see you next time.